Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 116 of the show. And uh, this is your host, Dave Swillam, like always. I say that every time, but I'm the only host of the show by this point in the uh, podcast. So if you're hearing this show happening, then it, it has to be me. But I say it anyway. So this is, uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is where we get to work, making work a passion, living creative, full time, interviewing entrepreneurs, musicians, artists, creatives doing what they want to do because we believe that if you want to do it, then we want to make sure that you're doing it. So on the show tonight, I would like to welcome recent friend of mine, but someone that I'm really excited to have connected with and excited to continue to connect with. I've got Zane Pugh. Yeah, you got, got it right. It. We got Based it. We got it. <laughs> Zane Q, who is a uh, another audio engineer from down in uh, DC area, right? Is where you're at. Yes, yes, yes. Just outside of DC. Yep. Another engineer uh, currently working under or with, I should say, yes. Jay Moss, who has also been on the show. Uh, so that's really cool, and that's kind of how I think I came in contact with seeing you, just keeping up like with with uh, Jay out there, and uh, I had the pleasure of meeting up with Zane couple weeks back to get a cup of coffee in mass and just connect because I really liked his vibe out there. And, um, that was fucking awesome, man. Like I'm, I'm really happy to have connected with you and see like, like, I think I did a post today saying that a thing that I look for in the music industry, and this is applicable to every industry, but there's like these negative patches of things. And I'm just not about that life. I'm just not trying to live that way. So I do whatever I can to kind of like whatever my path is, like keep shifting it so that like I'm just not living in that space ever, really. So whenever I see people out there that are just like a really positive, a really like I'm building my thing, I'm not trying to knock down anything else, but I'm trying to build my thing as big as I fucking can. I just love meeting those people because I just love that attitude, man. And it just has this like exuberant vibe from it. I don't know how to explain it, but... It was a pleasure to meet you, man, and and I'm glad to have you on the show to share a little bit of uh, how you've come to where you're at, where you're going, and and what's happening in your life, man. Welcome to the show. Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate the uh, awesome introduction. I guess I can touch on a little bit. My name is Zane. I'm out in the D.C. area, kind of like what Dave says. I'm also in the Air Force. I do audio engineering. And, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm a Virgo. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy the fine things in life, you know, like a good cup of nitro and uh, a nice yes. sparkling water. But, um, <laughs> yes, it has been quite the journey, uh, kind of trekking along for the past three years doing audio. And, uh, I'm stoked to, uh, even be featured on this. It was great. Like Dave and I met up. Jeez, I can't even remember the name of that town, but we're outside of Haverhill. Newburyport. Newburyport. And right. you're already going to get shit from the Boston kids with saying Haverhill. <laughs> Haverhill, man. Haverhill. Okay. Haverhill, it makes zero Haverhill. sense. It shouldn't, it it shouldn't be said no as Haverhill. It makes no sense. If, if people say it like that, like, bro, I think you're cool. 
But I mean, go to Jay's place and and say Haverhill, man. I I, I think I have. I think I did. (laughs) You're still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, (laughs) but anyways, yeah. So it was great meeting up. Uh, Donut place was phenomenal. The coffee was great. So good. So good. We spent a good, good amount of time there. So, yeah. Um, Man, I'm I'm really an open book when it comes down to what's going on. So, well, yeah, man. I mean, like, I guess, like, tell me your story a little bit. Like, for people that don't know Zane Pugh, how did we get into the Air Force and audio? And like, you're you're like, we were talking a little bit before the show, and obviously, like, three weeks ago, we're now three months of getting out of the Air Force and kind of flipping things <laughs> with audio. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this series happen here? We're we're watching the Zane oh, Pugh movie. Man. This is this is a long one. Um, we'll take it, man. We got We got to start off um, a little bit of background history. Uh, so the Air Force thing that actually happened because I was doing vocals in a punk hardcore band uh, for a few years called Deviant, um, super melodic kind of stuff like Counterparts, Hundredth had some verse vibes, you know, like the, the melodic hardcore bands that were popular around the time. Oh yeah. Um, still to this day. But <laughs> so I did that for man from 2011 and off and on up through 2017, even while I was in the military, we announced a breakup. Anytime I flew back home, we would play shows and it was just kind of like, you know, like it, we never broke up until the last final, final show. Yeah. But I ended up stepping away from doing vocals full-time in a band to jump into the Air Force. (laughs) It was completely out of the blue. It was random. It was a lot of people were like, why are you doing it? I got to what it comes down to is I was uncomfortable with myself. I was scared of what the future was going to have. I was... Um, more or less worried about what my life was going to be, you know, because like when you're touring on the road or you're playing shows, you're getting paid maybe 20 bucks if you're getting paid 20 bucks a show, it, it starts to get, it starts to play a toll. And I started seeing that happen to not only more or less like playing the shows, it was taking a mental toll, like mental health wise. And so I had to change. I had to change something up and it came down to let's just join the air force. My brother's in it. My parents would love for me to do it. So I joined, (laughs) Um, I joined back in 2015 and um, I have been in since 2015 and I am on my way out, but the whole audio engineering journey from air force to audio engineering to where I'm at now. Yeah. Okay. That is... Because that developed inside the Air Force time. It developed inside the Air Force. That's correct. And what... Yeah. So what happened was I got stationed in Oklahoma City. If you guys live there, I feel miserable for you. Um, (laughs) you, No hate to the listeners in Oklahoma City, but Zane is not on board. He won't be showing up. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, you have the OKC Thunder. I mean, you have that. 
<laughs> but you can have your freezing rain, your black widows, your water moccasin, your you name it, your your freezing rain, your crazy winds, your earthquakes, your random bullshit. You can have it. I don't need it. Damn. Yeah, so I got I got stationed at a good old Stinker Air Force Base, Tinker. And I was I do intelligence analysis, which is the complete opposite from audio engineering. And I was like, what am I going to do? And there was this band that was like looking for a vocalist out in Oklahoma. And I was like, well, I used to do vocals. And the band is called Agony. Um, super hardcore style band, like Expire, like Trapped Under Ice. Hell yeah. They were trying to do that kind of thing. So. Okay. Still some cool dudes. Um, love every one of them. But yeah, so I was doing vocals in this band. And I remember I got this crazy, crazy idea. When we're recording the first EP, the EP is called the Despair EP. Um, my friend Michael Soto, love the guy. I was sitting there and watching what he was doing. And I was going like, huh, I think I can do this. I think I can do the audio engineering thing. And um, I remember going like, it doesn't look that hard, right? (laughs) um, It just, it doesn't look terrible. And so I downloaded a pirated copy of Logic at first. And um, yeah, I I was like going online, like how to mix vocals, how to, um, what is a compressor? What is EQ? I had no idea what any of this stuff was. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm doing good stuff. I wasn't. <laughs> like, um, I wasn't. Absolutely wasn't. And this happened in like October of 2017 is when I started like dabbling. Okay. Um, I ended up at the time of this band where you're like getting yeah, into yeah. you're actively in the band. You're like, hey, we're going to work on my own stuff. And this is going on. Right, right. So cool. I was going to be recording and doing the whole thing for this Agony uh, EP that they they had planned. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen due to different directions we went. And so... Feel that? Yeah, yeah. It happens and it happens, it happens. And we we're looking at ways to like save money when we were trying to like do the recording by ourselves. And I just wasn't at that point for one I wasn't confident in my own abilities as well as more or less like I just kind of get behind the music and that's a huge critical factor and I started noticing this happen is that I was trying to be a makeshift version of someone else instead of being myself Mm. and I've always been more influenced by like more like melodic hardcore bands like Bane verse have heart Oh. you know, dead swans, like that kind of stuff, uh, Capathian and um, many more, you know, like, and I think about that. And when I was playing the music that I was playing with these guys, I just couldn't get behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up parting ways later on, but that's still a little further in the story. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> um, in 2017, we have to go back to the fall of 2017. Um, after I decided I was going to teach myself how to do, um, like the recording side of things, yep. there was a huge shift that happened in my life that took place in November. Um, this shift, um, it was more or less like a make or break 
kind of mentality I had to have. And so what that shift was, um, transparent as all can be, was there was a girl I was going to propose to. And she ended up breaking up with me after Thanksgiving. And it was to the point where it was like devastating, heart-wrenching. Like, Sure, dude. Not only that, I had a cousin commit suicide that same year. And when I was living in Oklahoma, my brother also lived in Oklahoma with me, but he got military orders to go get stationed in Japan. Wow. So, yeah. So here I am completely by myself. The only friends I had were in this agony band that I was playing shows with. And I come to find out that the girl I was seeing ends up going to see someone else shortly after. So I'm a train wreck at this point. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And um, I know this is kind of like a, like a, oh, woe is me moment, but it really defined who I was going to make myself become because <laughs> and I told Jay the story of I made a decision where I can either end it all right now with a, with a bottle of pills or I will make the decision to get better mm. and I will make the decision to live my life better than any way I could possibly do it. And if I make that other decision, I'm not fucking around. Exactly. Yeah. So the... The bottle of pills option was the first option I took. <laughs> and um, I fucking suck at trying to kill myself. <laughs> the only so, reason I'm laughing too, people, yeah. is because I've heard the story. I'm yeah. sure that you first being hit with it are not able to laugh like that. I, was, I, already, I already got this line, so I'm able to laugh right now. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it just came at me like crazy to the point where it's like, I've, I fucking sucked at doing it. So it was like, okay, well, what else am I going to do? Because I obviously suck at trying to kill myself. I need to improve. I need to do something better for me. But of course, like you're not just going to immediately flip the switch. Yeah. You're going to hibernate in your room, eating leftover little Caesars pizzas and playing guitar for all night long and whatever, whatever way you can to vent. and. I think what was crucial, especially was, with no one around, man. Absolutely, that's and, a different game, dude. That's not like right. I get it, man. I get that. And my parents were were concerned the entire time. Like I had my dad and mom were constantly contacting me, like about to jump on a flight, about to come down and find out what the hell was going on. But at that darkest point of my life was the point where. I really started to find out who I was and who I'm supposed to be. And it was more of a, more or less like instead of focusing the energy of being depressed and being upset with a failed potential marriage or um, a, a cousin, a cousin's passing or my brother leaving or being completely by myself, I took that time to invest more into learning and growing and improving myself. And because if you would have met me three and a half years ago, you would not like me. I was completely in debt. I was a pain in the ass. I never read a book. I didn't know what to do. I was 
I was a deadbeat. And that's how I classified it is I was a deadbeat. I was a nerd kid playing Magic the Gathering tournaments. You know, <laughs> like, hey, uh, I, I won some Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, so <laughs> you can be that Magic the Gathering guy, dude. And you know what? I, I will admit this here. I won one Yu-Gi-Oh tournament by cheating. And I, I'm going to put that right out there right now, dude. I bought the, the fucking all the Zodiac cards from like a, a guy in like an alley somewhere and they're all fake. And I fucking won that tournament I'm like so, a piece of shit. You so know, I'm proud of you. That's to, that's to free you up, man, from any of your... <laughs> Your guilt on that, all right? At least you didn't cheat on your magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, fuck, oh at least God. you broadcasted that into the open. So these That's people out there, are going to be looking for Someone's you. Someone's coming back for that, like, $20 that was one of the tournament <laughs> with interest, with interest. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, oh, my God. From magic to Yu-Gi-Oh cheating. Oh, my God. Anyway. Giving you some bandwidth, man. Dude, no. I I love that. I love that. I Max Sure, really quick. I can't put this on the screen because it's not on StreamYard. Max Sure said I also had fake Zodiac Oh, cards. shit. <laughs> you know what? I think everybody probably Holy had shit. a fake set or, you know, oh my God. But yeah, fun fact, I'm super, now it's open. I, I was a huge fucking nerd. I still am. Um, nerd with audio now. Yeah, well, I still nerd, but um, yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, there was there was this moment that that I was going through, and to kind of like bring this back in, was yes. I was constantly trying to find out like what do I do, and like where do I start, and like how do I find what it is that I want to develop myself in, and it came to more or less i needed to find that niche i needed to find that thing that i was passionate about and one thing that i've always been passionate about even as a kid was music audio whatever it may be and i knew i didn't want to do vocal like i was still doing vocals in this agony band during this time but i could see that i was slowly drifting mm. and once I started noticing that drift take place is when I started to find the foundation that I was supposed to be in, which is helping other people create art and help create music and create and tell their own stories with their own expression of words. Because when it comes to telling story or helping someone through a journey, that's something I love to be a part of. And I wasn't feeling like I was a part of the journey or the experience for that, that time um, when I was in agony. Mm. And it, it was a lot of soul searching um, for the next couple of months until I stumbled across. And I have to give Jordan, I can never say his last name. I want to say Valeriet, Valerie, Valeriet. Valeria or Valeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can never say his last name. And if he ever watches this, he would, he'll tell me. Anyways, I, I stumbled across a video he posted about the four books he recommends to everybody. And I still have them to this day. What were they? Uh, so first book was The Slight Edge. The second book was Profit First. Third book was by far my absolute favorite book called The Go-Giver. Mm. And the fourth book is so good, they can't ignore you. Hmm. 
and I I was watching this and he talked about something I can't recall the exact video unfortunately but it was more or less like if you're going to be good at something why not try to be the best at something yep and I started becoming curious and so I took his advice I picked up these four books I bought them on Amazon and they sat on my shelf for a long time they sat there they sat there they sat there and um it took a good text message from that ex that I was talking about asking me to meet up with her for one last dinner to kind of go over everything and the moment she left I cracked open the slight edge and um I started reading uh I was upset I was you know, devastated, right? Yeah. Like even a few months after, you're you're going to be devastated about something. Like yeah, when that, you're, like refreshes it when you're like on that meetup. You're like, oh fuck, dude, I still feel right. that. Right, right. So, but I think that was important for me to go through because it was it was more of a a realization that I needed to move on and that I needed to do something with that energy that's being invested, and it came to investing into reading and starting off with the slight edge was probably one of the best books that could have really helped me. And that book talks about doing the small tasks throughout the day towards your goals, towards your dreams, towards whatever you want to do and continually doing them because you can have a ton of momentum and then you can die off, you know, and then you can have a ton of momentum and then die off. But continual practice builds that strength. It builds that Mm, repetition. Habits. Right habits yes and so yes a lot of people talk about the time it takes to develop a habit and normally it takes to start the process it takes 21 days Mm. but it takes over six weeks to refine it Mm. so people who start in the beginning of the years in january they're like i'm gonna lose 30 pounds they do it for the first month and then they fall off the wagon right when, you know, Valentine's Wait Day. Wait till is next over. January. Right. Back then. Right. So once that happens, they fall off the wagon. They wonder, like, what, why can I never do it? Why can I never do it? It's because they haven't built those neural pathways in their mind on developing habits. And so I studied the art of creating habits and developing more or less like systems to where. There was no way I could fail. It's not up to me. me. It's not up to me anymore. This is something that has to happen right now. There's nothing to do with me today. Nothing to do when I'm tired. Nothing to do when I'm fucking haven't eaten lunch or haven't whatever. This is a thing that has to happen. Right. Right. And that's, that's exactly it. And so Mm. the first rules that I started setting up in place was more timeframes. And I ended up, (laughs) this is crazy. This didn't start until like March once I bought my first course. First course I ever bought, by the way, Jay Moss and Jordan Valeriot's course they did together where they're mixing Jay's band, uh, Death of a Nation, hmm. um, not Defeater. So and this play is a factor down the road. And first course I ever bought, I became addicted, was obsessed. And I knew the only way I was going to retain this information, this is mixing, editing courses, all that stuff. The only way I was going to retain the information is if I continually practiced without fault 
like going over the same thing, writing note after note after note about what they were doing, refining, repeating, refining, repeating, refining, repeating. And so what I had to do was create a system. That system consisted of me using a tiny little notebook. You know, those little pocket books that can fit in the back of your pocket? Small, really small. Yep. Yep. Right. So I used these pocket books and I've passed the same system to people in the Six Figure Home Studio Accelerator Bootcamp that I was helping as well as like the Profitable Producer course. A small little notebook, it has to fit in the back of your pocket. And there's a reason is because you're going to every morning throughout your day, you're going to list out everything you think you need to do, or you can do it the night before. Okay. Mm. Then what you're going to do the following morning is label them from one, two, or three. Priority one has to get completed. Priority percent. Yes. No matter what. Priority one tasks have to get completed. There's a fire on your head. You're going to die. Yes. This thing has to happen. Everything's out the window. So, and that's the thing is like you, you're hitting a valid point here is you have to set a price as to what happens if you don't meet that. Okay. Yeah. So that's priority one. Priority two is it can go to the next day, but it's going to shift to a priority one the next day. Mm. So it moves up. Priority three is menial tasks that it's busy work. It's not work that's going to actually improve what you're going after. So now we talk about the risk of priority one. Mm. For me, I would have a list of five to 10 priority ones in my mind. I would force myself to have five to 10 priority ones. The rule was until every priority one was complete, I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't go to sleep. Like, and I wanted to get as much sleep as possible, but I overworked myself early on Mm -hmm. to the point where it was like, no, I have to stick to priority ones. I have to stick to priority ones. Um, And I had an accountability buddy that kind of helped me like say like, did you do it? And I'm like, yes, I did it. And it was someone at my job, you know, my air force gig. Yeah. And so the priority one task thing, there was nights where I'd be up until two, three in the morning, waking up two hours later, going to work, doing the same thing over and over again. And it came to the point where I was like, well, I'm running out of time in my day and I need sleep. So what do I need to do? I need to wake up earlier. So I shifted my times from waking up around, you know, rolling out of bed, putting on your uniform, you know, getting ready, putting on your uniform, going to work in 30 minutes to waking up at 2.30 in the morning. And I was waking up consistently at 2.30 in the morning and I had a laid out scheduled plan that I was going to do from 2.30 up until 7.30 when I needed to be at work. Mm, Yeah. So... There's a lot you can get done in five hours when no one else is able to text you, talk to you, yes, or dude. anything. Yes. And we talked a little bit about the concept about the eight-hour workday, how you get the most done in three hours. Well, I was maximizing five-hour days every morning from 2.30 in the morning to 7.30 every single day. And so all my one-priority tasks, I would probably maybe only have like two or three when I got off work. 
but all of my main mental brain capacity was used before I went to work, which is what I wanted. Because I don't want to invest the hours of working a nine to five or a seven to three in this case, putting my best foot forward for someone else's business or military Mm. goals or whatever. I want to take the prime hours and focus on my business and focus for me. me. Right. So it's literally like you have a, you have a chunk of money and it's like, like, obviously I want to help people, but like there, there's a healthy ego of like, you need to like defend yourself. Right. Right. It's like, I think of like, forget like working a job. It's like, think about money. And it's literally like, do I want to spend this on this business? Do I want to like buy the product for this business or buy like pay for other people's jobs? It's like, do I want to do that for that? Or do I want to spend this on, on me for like food and water and shelter? And it's like that time of your morning, that's the fucking same thing, dude, is like mm-hmm. if, if you have a day job and it like takes that time of your life, that focus time, that ability to like start off your day in control, to start off the day leading to the thing that you want in life, if that's sucked away from you, that's the same thing as like robbing like something like money from your pocket or something, dude. It's like, it's literally like that's taking your ability to do anything in your life when that time is taken away. That's the only time that you can use for things like that. It's, it's so true. And it was coming to the point, man, where I would get off work and it, you, you think seven to three is not that bad. Like seven to four or whatever is not that bad of a shift. But you don't realize how many hours you're spending not chasing your goals or not chasing your dreams and how demotivated you get. And so every morning I would wake up motivated, excited to progress towards my business or progress towards my audio endeavors, training, whatever it may be. And it created this sense of purpose where I started becoming obsessed with wanting to learn and wanting to invest in myself. So I was reading almost a book a week at this point. I was reading a ton. I was studying audio courses. I was learning more or less about what the craft is I wanted to do. I mentioned I became obsessed with learning. I bought that Jay Moss course. Then I, I ended up buying... It's funny too because... Uh, Jordan actually reached out to me. So I bought all of Jordan's courses within the first two months. Damn. And and I grinded. I literally stayed up and I wrote notes. And the way I would do it is I would buy these courses, these programs, and um, I'd binge watch them completely. Then I'd watch them again and I'd write notes. And then... Again, next time I would watch them again, write more detailed notes on things that I possibly missed. And I would have his session pulled up and I'd watch his session, not mixing, not doing anything. I would just watch. Mm. And then the next time I would watch it all over again. And these courses are not short. They're like eight, 10, like there's a lot of content. And so I'm doing this at least six times before I moved on to something else. And we're talking like, if we're talking a whole entire tracking course covering everything from drums, guitars, bass, vocals, the whole nine yards, I was binging it. And I would go back every six months and I would repeat and watch it all over again. So I did this with all of his courses. 
this plays a factor into the thing of having your schedule and having your timeframes down to where it's like, if you don't set the time aside to better yourself or learn or grow, you're never going to do it. Yes. The, the system in today's society is built off of the fact of you are only going to achieve as much as the person ahead of you wants you to achieve. If you want to be that person that is constantly working the nine to five, that is constantly struggling to try and get a promotion or struggling to do something, and then you think a promotion is going to fix all your issues, well, you should probably wake the fuck up and realize that you're going to get taxed on your promotion. You're, you're going to spend more hours at your job that you hate because you got promoted and you're going to spend more time frustrated when it, when you are going back home and trying to actually take on the task of being productive and yes. doing the things towards yourself. And like with that, Zane, like I say this on the show constantly because this is called the waking up from work podcast. And we're about that. Right. Mm-hmm. I always say to people, if you're listening to the show and you like your nine to five, cause we have people on the show that are straight up like, I love my nine to five. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. That means that That's you have great. exactly what you want and you get the benefits of all of those things, like easier way to do healthcare, easier way to do whatever, all these different things. That's awesome. And, and, and we're not talking to you. It's mm-hmm. just the people that if you think that, if you think that the, that, that your job or your workplace is doing anything for you. It's not doing things for you. And it's not even like a, it's not like an unnatural, like evil thing. It's literally like you have to think of any business or corporation or like their existence. You can read it inside the way that they're engineered. You can read it in their policies and read it. If they're a fortune 500, you can read it in their thing to their shareholders. Their existence is to be profitable and to grow and to make more money for itself, not for you. And so it's not like it's like this, it is like kind of an evil thing, but it's like not really an evil and purpose thing. It's just like the way that a lot of these are built is just like, if you think that the more I do, the more I give, the more of this thing that I do, all of a sudden I get this thing back. It's just like, you're not going to, it's never coming. It's never coming there because it's always designed to do what it's supposed to do, which is it's not yours. You know what I mean? Like you don't own it unless like you're a, employee owned company where everyone owns a share and all these shares split out and do these things. It's like, you don't own that thing. So at the end of the day, it's, it's not its job to do that. It's natural, you know? And that's so true because the thing is, is if you're happy doing what it is you're doing, you're doing, you're, that's the goal. It's not about, it's not about the money. It's not about the, frivolous lifestyles. It's not about any of that. If that's what you're focused on, you need to shift your focus to focus on the actual goal, which is you being happy. Yes. Because you can have all the money in the world. You can be buried in gold cases, whatever you want to call it. We're all going to die the same. We're all going to be put in the same freaking hole at the end of the day. Yep. And if you want to take your life and prioritize being unhappy, working a nine to five for someone else and building their dream instead of building your own. Or if you're building someone else's dream, support it. If you don't support it, why are you in it? Yeah. Like a lot of the times people 
get so caught up in this fallacy of, oh, I'll just work this job. They'll give me a great 401k. I'll retire at 60 and I'll live my life when I'm 60. Bruh, you're fucking like thinking way, way wrong here. Like, I'm going to say it. You're thinking wrong. Yeah. When you're 60, you're going to be too old, too fucking tired. You're going to probably be fat. And you're not going to want to do the things that you wanted to do when you were 30. Yes. And I think one of, yeah, go ahead. Yes. I think that, uh, dude, it's like, you don't have time at that point to experience it and then decide whether that's what you meant to have happen or not. Like at that point, you anticipate your whole life or like you're explained like what's going to happen. When you're there, there's no like, it's not like a video game. It's not like, oh, well, I did a save point at 30 or I did a save point at 20. Sorry to be, bring the nerd right back into the conversation, but I'm, but he's yeah. here, baby. You know, <laughs> but it's like, you don't have like a save point where you're like, oh, actually I'm 65 and I'm retiring, which nowadays it's like, oh, I'm fucking 80 and I'm retiring because I have nothing that's giving anything to me to sustain this. Right. But it's like, you don't have that spot where you're like, oh, actually, uh, I'm way too tired to fucking go travel Europe. I'm way too travel. I'm way too tired to like start this business. I I have none of my friends around because they're in X, Y, and Z or whatever. It's like, you don't get to like experience that and be like, you know what? I'm all set with that. I'm going to go revert back and then redo that again. You're done. You're there, dude. You're fucking there. So like you, you like this, it is way more simpler, dude. It is way more simpler than, than we think where like, it's like, oh, if I do this X, it's the end of the world. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. If you run out of money, if you run out of time or you run out of whatever or like something's happening, it's just like you have more time to fuck up. You have more time than you think to be like, actually, I hate this thing. But like you don't have time no, when you're actually no. at a certain amount of time where you have left to live. You don't have time anymore. There's no more time left. It's actually a thing that's going. And that's when you don't have time to regroup. It's like, damn, man, that, that shit, like that, that really is what helped me like turn at least like those little micro things that you do around the day. And I think I talked about this, like the last episode with Rob, when we were talking about it, dude, is like, I have full empathy and understanding of why people like when you're like, Hey, if you don't set time for your day to like self-improve or something, then like, it's just not going to happen. I have full sympathy and empathy for like why that doesn't happen because I live it, dude. I do this every day where like I have a day job, I have the creative, I have the things that I'm doing and I'm doing these little micro things to get there and I'm doing all these things and it's exhausting and it's fucking, it's just exhausting, dude. And I countlessly say to Meg, I just look at her and I'm not like not doing it, right? I go off and I go do it, but I look at her really quick and I just say like, I'm like, this fucking better be worth it, May. It has to be worth all of this right now. Like us being in this place or me doing this thing or like this, whatever, it has to be worth it. And it will be worth it. But it's just like, I also understand, man, when people are like, they just don't. It's because the way that we, the way that things are, at least in the States, I don't know, I don't have no other understanding than what I've been brought up in. But the way that it is here, it's just like everything has this little design of like you just get dumped off into the space that it's it's more of an uphill battle by a large amount to 
do these things, then it's to not. And it's not like a way that's like, uh, you know, a diss on anyone that's not doing it. It's literally like you just worked fucking eight to 10 hours. You're exhausted. Now you have food, kids, whatever, all these other things that have to happen. 100% feel it. I get it. Yeah. I understand why it, it is that way, dude. It's very fucking hard to do with the design that we have. And I it's think- also possible, 100% possible, more possible than it ever has in the world at this time. Right. And I think what's most important is if you're going to commit, commit to something, commit all the way. Mm. Like, and there's so many people and I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. Sure. There's so many times where I get messages saying like, how did you do? How did you get into the position you're in? How have you met the people you've met? How did you learn how to do audio engineering in such a short time? Yada, yada, yada. And I tell them, I wrote, I wrote it down every single morning. I wrote down my goals every single morning. I told myself what I was going to do. And I made sure I had a strong support system that was going to hold me accountable. Yep. And I was continually not taking feedback as criticism against my character. I was taking it more as an opportunity to grow. Mm. And there's so many times where I have seen people post in these communities where they're like, Hey, how does my, my track sound? And you give them feedback. You give them, you tell them like, Hey, this area could be improved. This could be improved. And then there's always, always a justification. There's always a, a backlash statement or something where it's, they're taking it more as an attack on their character instead of a way to improve. Instead of like listening to your opinion and then like they can still decide whether they even want to take it or not. They have to say like, Oh no, totally hear you Zane. But like the reason why I had to do that with the snare is because like the room that I was in because Mm -hmm. of like this or whatever. And you're like, this is just what the person's hearing, man. It's just what they're hearing. They didn't ask about any of that. They were just like, Hey, the snare doesn't sound good because of this thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think people get so fixated on whenever, and this is, something that just happened with society in general is people are too scared of being told, yo, your shit fucking sucks. (laughs) And the biggest improvement in my work from dude, I'll say it a year and a half ago, I thought my shit was great. And then Jay's telling me, bro, your shit sucks. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh fuck man. Like that hurt. (laughs) It fucking hurts dude. Like, but you want to know what? If I would have taken that as, you know, having an ego and being like, oh, well, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, you see the different kind of reaction. Like, you take that information and you improve upon it. Because if they're hearing it, I guarantee you someone else is hearing it and someone else is hearing it. And I, we talk audio, we talk relationships, we talk about all this. What it really comes down to, though, is being a cool fucking dude. And know that you can have an opinion outside of someone else's. It may be wrong. It may be right. But at the end of the day, if you guys can't come together with like an agreement or an understanding of like, oh, he just has a different way of looking at something than I do. It's like, yo, move along. 
Like, let's go find someone we can actually work with. Go find someone that we can collaborate with. Go find somebody who wants to fit, not in a mold, but more or less be in a, be a part of a group that wants to grow in and expand. Right. It's like when you decide that the thing that you're trying to accomplish is more important than anything else, basically, then you are able to get past whatever involvement you have in that piece of it. Right. It's like, whatever, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? What is it that my customers or my friends or my people are trying to accomplish? And like, at the end of the day, like, I want that thing to be the best. And if like, I literally means that I suck so much, I need to get the fuck out of it. Then it's like, it it is what it is for that time, man. Right. Right? And you know, there's, I've, I had a phenomenal support system, uh, back in Oklahoma, especially after this, um, relationship fiasco that happened where I really started focusing on doing my audio stuff. The guys in agony, my friend, Chris Penrod, um, additionally, like my friend Kane, like I have a ton of lists of people from back home. My friend, Skylar Wilkerson and Cameron Wilkerson, they all helped develop me and help me turn into the person I am. And without them and helping me keep my head straight, it none of it would have happened in regards to progressing. I probably would have gave up. Like, let's be, let's be honest here. When you're by yourself, it's hard to stay accountable. And I think people don't realize the importance of working with teams. People don't see the fact that you will grow so much faster if you accept feedback as feedback and not criticism. If you ask your friends what they think and your friends will tell you if something fucking sucks. Like, um, I don't know, man. It's it's so crucial to find people that care more about the end goal for you or themselves or whatever it may be than it is to find someone who's going to smile fuck you and tell you, yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. Uh, this this kind of went off on a crazy tangent from the story. And everything, That's what happens but, on the show, man. You know, I'm it, sorry. It, no, no, it's it's important to to highlight these topics though, because I can tell you, so many people get into something they think they like because everyone else is doing it, and in reality, that's not what they're supposed to be doing, mm. and. You have to sometimes ask yourself, when do you, when do you toss in the towel? Right. Like, when is enough enough? When are you going to accept to yourself that it's not a right fit for you? And when are you going to stop wasting hours, minutes, days, whatever it may be, trying to achieve something that really may not be there for you? And I think that's a hard conversation people are scared to have with themselves is accepting that, like, for instance, I'm a five foot nine point five. And yes, I'm taking that nine point five tall white boy. Right. When I was younger, like I'm talking like elementary school, I love playing basketball. But there's no fucking way. I am going to be playing basketball in the NBA (laughs) as a five foot 9.5 white dude competing against all these other guys, you know, like it's, 
it just doesn't, it do, it's not in my realm of cards. So I had to accept early on, well, fuck, I guess I'm playing the trumpet as a kid. And it's, there's moments where you just have to accept that you're, you're, you can do it and you can probably enjoy yourself doing it, but you're probably going to get smoked here and there. Like if you're not investing hour after hour, minute by minute into your craft or into growing yourself, it's going to be really difficult, you know, like it's going to be extremely difficult. So now the question is, is when do you step away, right? And when do you realize, like, maybe I'm better fit in this role? That's really tough, dude, because there is, like, because to pursue any of this stuff, you have to have, like, a fuck you mindset of, like, I'm going to do this thing. one, Just like you're saying, like, you have to be 100% in. And it's like, you have to have, like, a fuck you, I am 100% in this is happening because people along the way are going to tell you that it can't happen. And it's like really hard to like have that mindset and then go after it and then make any type of decision of like, if I have this mindset, I like to step away from that. It's like you, you already had to be like, fuck you. I'm not listening to you people. Right. Right. So then you also have to be against yourself and be like, go against that attitude that you just created to be in that space. That's hard, man. That's like, I damn. And it's, it's, it's difficult because I look at it too, more or less like how many failed business ideas have there been? How many times have people had to walk away from businesses? And I was just reading a book by Derek Sivers uh, called anything you want. I think that's, yeah. He's great. Yes. Phenomenal dude. Such a smart, huge thinker. Well, the thing I like about him is that he practices gratitude and he knows when it's time to step away. And he talked about it heavily within his story about leaving CD Baby mm. and how it was the hardest decision he ever had to make. But he knew when to step away. He knew it was his time. Like, But you have these other individuals, and I'm, this is a very polarizing topic, but it is a great explanation of it, right? Sure. Let's just talk about, say for instance... Let's not use the polarizing topic. Let's say Spindrift, okay? I believe Spindrift is the healthiest seltzer water that's ever came out in existence. But Dave comes up to me after I've been believing in this for 29 years, believing that Spindrift is the best thing on this planet. But Dave comes up and says, actually, Topa Chico has been proven time and time again that it is better than Spindrift. And here's all the health reports. Here's this, 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 and this. Damn. Well. Coming at you, Zane. Coming at me sideways, dude. Like, and here I am now trying to create any sort of tangible evidence to support my claim that this is better. But it's constantly being debunked, disproven. All the evidence is against me. And then you start thinking about, wow, my whole life has been spent believing in something that was never actually there. Right. So that's important, I think, for people to start understanding that your life is not just believing in your dreams and chasing your goals and going after your endeavors. If you suck at something, 
try and get better. If you're not going to put 150% into it, step away from it. Find something that you will put 150% into. It's not about 100%. There's no 90%. There's no, I'm going to take this course and then jump back in a month later. And eventually I'll become a professional at this craft. You hear about it all the time. These audio engineers that have been doing mixing for 20 plus years. But when they say 20 plus years, that's not 20 plus years sitting in front of the computer and actually doing the thing. Yeah. That's 20 plus years finding excuses as to why you aren't doing the thing. You show me a person that has been doing it for 20 plus years, consistently eight hours a day and practicing and doing the networking and building relationships. And I will show you someone who's successful. Yeah. You show me someone who's been doing it eight hours a day, saying that they're doing it eight hours a day for 20 years. And then you go over to their place and they're sitting and watching TV the entire time. I'll show you someone who is like a majority of the people. The fact of the matter comes down to how determined are you to chase after your goals? If you aren't determined to get the fuck out of the way. So the people who are determined aren't wasting their time dealing with you. I love it, dude. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm huge on like, except the fact that you're not fully committed. If you are fully committed, you'd be creating a plan. You'd be making an outline for your day. You'd be accepting that you're going to have to give up certain relationships that you have. You have to understand the fact that you as a person are going to need to change because the people you're surrounding yourself with at that point in time, if you're trying to improve, probably aren't the people that you should be surrounding yourself with when you're trying to improve. Right. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a sore subject for most, especially when you have to cut off friends and when you have to move from the city that you're in or get out of your four walls to meet people. Yes. And we talked heavily about this when we got our nitros and um, yeah, you inspired me to do a, um, an episode on, uh, I did like networking for introverts and extroverts because I wanted to make sure that introverts out there knew that networking 1 million percent can be them. Even though like our interaction, I don't necessarily think Mm -hmm. that, but like for people out there, Zane drove like eight hours to go work with Jay and meet like a bunch of other audio engineers out there. Uh, and like, I think what that was one of my things on the extrovert thing where like, even like me, I didn't drive eight hours, but like I very intentionally, I felt amazing energy from you. And I was like, I, I saw your post of like your, Hey, I'm coming up to new England fam. Are you going to be up here? And I intentionally, I drove two hours to meet Zane for a cup of coffee before I had like a 10 hour day because so four hours round trip intentionally to meet you because I, cause that's like, like, like that's showing your skin in the game of like, I fucking value this. I value this relationship or I value this time of discussion in your time. I value this other person's time. And, um, yeah, man, that like, I thought that alone, like, um, whenever you see people and that's probably what some of these people are like, damn, absolutely. I will hundred percent meet with you when you're like, I'm driving eight hours. I'm going to come stay wherever I'm going to do this. 
because it's right. just like you're dude, you're being so forward with like, I 100% give a shit about you and value you and value your time. And like, I want to be a part of that and I want to be a piece of that. But like, this is me like putting my cards on the table of like, I give a shit right here. This guy right here, I 100% give a shit like for real. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think when it comes down to it is you hear about these people who notice, and we talked about the ice cube theory when we sat down, I believe the 26 degree. Well, we'll we'll go over it. Well, anyways. Yeah. And so we talk about these people who see you and see the, see the growth and see the improvement from, from like not knowing anything to starting to actually fully get it. And they never see the, they never see the progressional steps from one point to the other. They just, well, they don't see the in between. They see from novice to what meeting people. And so when it came to meeting Jay and meeting Will and meeting tons of other great people is, that was a series of events that took place over the last three years. And it was more of having those initial conversations of being like, Hey, I have random audio question for you. And you're probably going to think I'm an audio geek and I don't know what I'm talking about to learning and developing and building relationships with people throughout point A three years ago to point B where now I'm meeting these people face to face and the time between from point A to point B, like there's a ton of other things that happened in between. And we talk about it as an ice cube. I led on to this just a bit ago, the ice cube theory. You have an ice cube sitting in a room at around 27 degrees. It's still an ice cube, 28 degrees, 29 30, 31, and 32, it's still an ice cube. But at 33, it starts to melt. And we only ever notice it being an ice cube and when it's melting. We don't notice the shifts that are taking place in the actual movement from changing from solid ice cube to liquid. Yeah. That's the same way with developing yourself. People don't notice the individual stages of progression that happen throughout a time span. And sometimes we don't. No, we don't. We don't. Especially if you're a go-getter, we talk about it all the time on the show, is like you don't give yourself the credit of like what you fucking did in two years, three years, five years, ten years. Crazy. Right. Crazy. And one thing to pass to everybody is if someone says it just comes with time, it will come with time. You'll get, you'll get it in time. Don't believe that shit for a moment. You create the time. The reason they say it comes with time is because they didn't invest the time the years prior to get good at what they're doing. So point being is if I say, hey, you'll become, you'll become good at guitar in a couple years. It just comes with time. But 
that guy telling me it's coming with time only picks up his guitar 30 minutes, like every, I don't know, a month. Of course it's going to come with time. You ain't doing shit. But if I see Dave picking up a guitar and playing that guitar until his freaking fingers bleed and have blisters on them and is constantly shredding, he's going to know how to play the fucking guitar within a short matter of time. Disclaimer, you will not see that out there, people, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but totally, dude, I, 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 I get it. And sometimes I think that that's not, sometimes that's just straight up like they're not even like maybe that person did pick up their finger, pick it up till their fingers bled. And they're like, not including that because it's been like a 10 years to be an overnight success thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're sure. just like forget and they're like, yeah, it takes time. You're like, well, yeah, it takes time, but like you fucking played guitar till your fingers bled and now it, it doesn't take time anymore because you're like, no. you've been doing that and you can shred. It's like different right. story, you know? So, and, I, and most people tend to only improve things that they're good at instead of focusing on the areas they suck at. So if you focus on the areas you suck at, you'll probably become better at the thing you're trying to do. So... It's crit- it's critical for any sort of developmental stages of growth, building relationships. If you're an introvert, you can become an extrovert. Introverts and extroverts is a definition that was placed on people who are too fucking scared to talk to people. That's all it is. Like, there is no, there's really no such thing as introverts and extroverts. That's something you gave yourself as a definition. Right. You believe that you're an introvert. You believe that you're an extrovert. Mm. Fact of the matter is, is your focus is more based off of the definitions of society that have given to other people. And so you're blending in with the mold. Why don't you just be fucking you? Whatever your name is, you're that person. And it's right. way more complex than anything. People are complex as hell. Every person's completely different with what they have in their history that makes them good at shit, what they have in their history that makes them bad at shit, all of that's based off of like how they live their life to that point. And all of that boils together into like what they are. And that's all the same reason we have so many creatives on here where they're like, I do A, B, C, and they do all these different things. And you're like, well, if you're this thing, how the fuck do you do that thing? And if you're this thing, then why are you into this thing? It's like, because we're human beings and we're complex. Things right. are super complex, but by the nature of being a human, we have to like categorize things and organize things. And we have to have things that are color coded or like numbered or like we just need to have structure and system. And like we need to feel safe that like something is organized in some way. And if you push a button, it equals this thing and it's clean. People aren't that way. Creative is no, that's why we're listening to this show. That's why we're a part of the show. Creative is not clean like that. Shit is complex. It's way more complex than we give it credit for, especially with the things that we're shown to organize those things throughout our day. It feels better, but it's not true. It's not easy like that. It's not round. No. And you you hit the nail on the head, dude, with that too, because it's not an easy task no matter what you approach. And I think people think, oh, I can do this. I'll just look look up on YouTube how to do everything and I'll become professional, whatever. It just happens overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy focusing on what you're trying to do. And I used to be naive and think that, you know, where 
you could just learn everything on YouTube or you can learn all this stuff from this. But the best thing that ever happened to me was working with Jay. And um, this kind of brings it very fast forward. But um, the way Jay and I started working with each other was he started challenging me outside of my comfort zone to do the things that I was scared to do or having difficult conversations with bands um, when old me would have just let it slide. But I knew if I wanted to retain a relationship, if he told me to do something, I had to do it. And a lot of us, we tend to get so focused into the mechanics and we get so caught up in the thinking process and oh, we just don't have our website built and we don't have our portfolio and I don't know how to talk to people. And bruh, it starts with simply just going on your phone and sending a text message. You can text me like nothing, but talking to a band is a completely different story for you. So with Jay, he really challenged me into stepping out of my comfort zone. And so I started doing online coaching, teaching people how to do audio engineering and teaching people what it took. And the only way that happened was because Jay, I got this message from random guy on Facebook at the time. He's a good friend now, but um, he's like, man, you explain things great when it comes to audio stuff. Can you, he's like, would you ever take me on for coaching? I was like, I don't even know where to begin with that. But I reached out to Jay. I was like, Jay, should I do this? He's like, absolutely. You need to do it now. And I knew. (laughs) And I knew immediately, right when he told me, he's like, yeah, you need to do it. I'm like, if I don't do this, this relationship is going to be very different than where I want it to be. That's right. And so I was like, okay. I don't know what I'm doing, but I started looking up online. I was like, online coaching platforms. That's what I start. It, it starts with you. Like, if you don't have a plan, that's probably good. You don't want to have a plan when you're trying to launch a business. <laughs> you want to be able to toss your idea out and you want people to react to it. It's like, mm. oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's about me, but okay, well, just create another funnel, throw it up. With a different idea. They're like, oh, wow. He's talking about oranges now instead of apples. Well, I like oranges a lot more than apples. I support this idea. Whereas if you plan all this stuff and you're like, I'm going to plan a course. I'm going to create content. I'm going to talk about snare drums. I'm going to talk about guitars, automation, EQ. I'm going to show them how to record a band from beginning to end. Yada, yada, yada. That's everything that everyone else plans to do. But... You can do all this planning, but it does no good if you are not going to put it out in the open. Yep. And so the biggest mistake is we get caught up in plans. We get caught up in ideas. We get caught up in focusing on the incorrect thing being the plan. And instead, we never actually do it. You don't plan to get fit. You get fit. You don't plan to make $1,000. You go make $1,000. Yeah. I can plan out ways. Oh, I can make $1,000 doing it this way. Yeah. The thing is, is it comes down to commitment. And that was the biggest thing that Jay taught me in the first two months of working with him was committing. 
and not getting stuck in your own mind to the point where you're like, oh shit, um, I'm just going to have all these ideas in my mind. It's never going to come out and I'm never going to work with people. If I wouldn't have committed, we would not be working together. Guarantee it. I probably would not have been to his place. Probably wouldn't have met Will. And I think people take a lot of this stuff for granted is they get caught in their head instead of leaving things out into the open. I will have much more respect for someone with a failed idea that puts it out into the open instead of a person with a great idea that leaves it in their head. Because if yes. it's in your head, you're dead. Simple yep. as that. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, <laughs> we, we are at our time that I need to cap this thing out and do my sure. final five questions, but there's a lot more that we could just keep talking Bro. about, man. It's yeah. crazy. Absolutely. It's crazy, we'll, we'll, we'll do another down the road. We'll do another down the road. Please, man. Yeah. Sure. This thing's on year like two and change or something. And like, I had people that were like episode three and 10 or like things that were like at the very beginning, come back around like a hundred or something. So we'll talk to, uh, to Zane again when he's like, fucking Grammy winner and he's just like <laughs> you know what I mean like shit he'll be back um cool man so I have like five questions that I ask everyone okay. at the end of the show I ask the same questions every single time and a lot of them come up through conversation but I like asking them pointed at the end because you kind of get something different when people are like on the hot seat of like we need to get through these you know sure so. sure First one is, why do you wake up and do the thing that you do every single day versus any other thing that you could possibly do in the world? Because I know for a fact I'm determined for something greater than what I'm doing at this present point in time. Done. Fair. That's what keeps it. That's what keeps you going is that feeling. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What would you say, like, say, you could share a mistake with someone and they could actually validly learn it. Cause I know a lot of people like you really can't learn it until you feel it. Right. Sure. Let's say you, you kind of could, or like, at least you have something you're like, yo, maybe do this, but like, don't do this thing. Cause it sucks. Right. <laughs> what would you, what's like the biggest mistake along the way or like something like five years ago, eight years ago, you, you'd be like, Hey, don't do this thing. Cause it sucked, man. You know what? The biggest mistake is actually living within my own walls and not stepping out of my four walls to meet people. Don't waste eight years thinking you're going to become something when you're staying within your own room and not leaving. Go meet people, go talk to people, build networks. Dope. Well, so this might even be the answer to the next question, but I always <laughs> ask people on a, on a different note, what's the best idea you've ever had? Oh man, <laughs> best idea I've ever had was finally actually committing. It has to be committing to stepping out of my own walls, you know, and having converse, having uncomfortable conversations with people because I learned more from those uncomfortable conversations and those discussions than I learned in years of training, whether that is audio or life. Yeah, that's like a lot of things, man. It sucks for like a very short period of time, so short that you don't feel that pain like later. Whereas like it sucks for a really fucking long time if you're not going to do it. 
You know what it's I mean? It's like, like the cold shower analogy. It yes. sucks the first five seconds, but your body gets adapted to it. Exactly, so. man. Same thing with working out. Same thing with waking up at 4 a.m. or 2.30 like you, you crazy <laughs> fucking dude. You know, all of these yeah. things, like they suck. They really, really suck and hurt or feel awful or whatever. But like they don't later. You know what I mean? Like literally five hours later, you're like, that was fine. That wasn't that bad. And someone's like, dude, you were crying. And you're like, but I mean, that was, it's really not a big deal. I'm cool right now. And you're like, you were actually crying. It's like, it was so short, dude. You know, it's just a different thing. (laughs) Yeah. It was hot sauce. Okay. It's not bad. Like, (laughs) exactly. Uh, What would be a resource or resources that you'd recommend to the audience can be mindset, audio, like literally anything, man. I know you're crushing books, but books, <laughs> podcasts, YouTube video, website, course, anything that you'd recommend uh, the audience. It can be a couple things too, if you can't decide. Yeah. So my number one book that I recommend to every single person, and I will probably be buried in my grave with a copy of this book as the go-giver. Because... Second that. It, there is the thing is with that book is it teaches you more about the importance of giving instead of receiving. And I think the society today focuses way too much on the principles of, oh, you owe me this instead of actually expect instead of actually giving and focusing more on the relationship you're building. That would be one thing. And then the other resource that I can recommend Man, people are going to call me fucking weird for this probably, but I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan, huge Grant Cardone fan, huge fan of uh, Donald Miller, huge fan of all these business professionals. And I think people need to seriously pick up a a program or a course that is going to help you not help you not necessarily change who you are but learn to better understand who you are. Find a program that does that for you. I found many um, from Tony Robbins courses, uh, Business Made Simple courses with Donald Miller, um, from Grant Cardone and hearing his story. I strongly recommend finding something that is going to work for you. Not all these programs work for everybody, but find someone who can make you open up and start becoming more vulnerable instead of closing up and feeling like you have to hide everything. Yes. Dude, I respect that. And like, I, I don't think that's lame. And I would imagine many people who listen to this show don't, but that's like one thing that like makes me want to connect with you or like a lot of other people that are on that track, because it's like in, in our field, it's like, like artists are so weird, man, where like, it's almost like more respect on the outside. If you like live like a total bag of shit and you like literally <laughs> like, like, like every like rock star, it's like the image is like, they fucking are on drugs. They have no sleep. Right. They're just out getting like fucked up all the time. They eat like dog shit. And it's like, that's cool. And then it's like, if they were to come out and be like, yo, I, um, like, Hey, like, what are you up to these days? Like, what, what's your, you know, your, your, your tour life? Like, like, well, I hit as many Tony Robbins conventions as I can. I'm eating the <laughs> that best that be I possibly can. I'm getting at least nine hours of sleep on um, journaling that people be like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Like, then, then they go on stage and they just start like crushing it and they're like, let's go. It's like, yeah. people don't want to hear it, dude. They want this like no. fantasy of like how that is, but it's like in real life, it's like, 
yeah, but I want to be an audio engineer for 50 years and I want to be fucking like so epic in, in what I do. It's like you can't live for 50 years on drugs, eating like shit, sleeping like shit. You can't fucking do it long enough to like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then the people do, cause they're definitely doing that. I live, I worked live sound for like four or five years, man. And I was backstage. They are doing the drugs. They are not sleeping. They are eating styrofoam. Like that shit is real, you know, but it's like, they might have that happen. But like, at some point they, they die, dude. Like literally yeah. like they actually die and it sucks and we're sad about it, but it's just like, don't be afraid to be in an art or a creative thing and also be in self-improvement. That's okay. That's legit. Like you're totally cool to do that. And you can be a different vibe in different places. Like when I'm running like a hardcore not session, I'm not like listening to them being like, <laughs> like, like this crazy, like epic, like a fuck you thing. And then be like, but also like people are cool, right? Like we yeah, want yeah. good people. And like, you know, like you, you can feel the vibe and like be in your space. It's like, I, I can go to a punk show and have someone throw a glass bottle at me. I'm like, this is awesome. Indeed. You know, you know, you don't, you know your space, but at the same time, it's okay to be in self-help and like be like, I want to be a good human being. That's all cool, dude. Like that's, that's way extra cool in my book. It's funny you mentioned, like you could listen to a hardcore band and be like, yeah, that's it. Dude, if people are ever in my fucking space while I'm like doing mixing, most of the time I'm bopping like Ariana Grande and stuff in here. I don't listen to hardcore music. Like I mix it. I, I do listen to hardcore music, but you get where I'm going. Like I, I dig me some pop stuff, <laughs> um, but yeah, like no, it, if you can't set the mood of being positive or supportive, like if you have to do the tough guy, like, uh, I'm a big fucking deal. Like, bruh, you're not go sit the fuck back down. I'm going to pop in my Ariana Grande CD and listen to this. Cause this is more real than you right now. Yeah. So exactly, yeah. dude, exactly. Yeah. Just wanted to make that note, man, because it's like so valid. Yeah. Uh, last one, man. This is mm-hmm. the very easiest is where do people keep up with Zane Pugh and what he's up to? Where do people go at to check out what you're doing right now? Man, well, first off, you can go to my Instagram, of course, as Zane.pugh. You can go to my Facebook, add me as a friend. I'm always happy to talk with people. Or if you want to do audio work with one another, just go to my website, www.zanepew.com. And let's start talking audio. Let's make your shit sound great. Hell yeah. So for people that are listening to this, walking a dog or running or doing backflips or whatever you're doing, uh, check out the show notes, wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. And I will have all Zane's links there. So you can just click on it if you don't want to write it down or something like that. So Dude, we're definitely going to talk uh, a lot more than on here, but I'd like to thank you for being on the show and letting me um, take one of our conversations and like chuck that out there into <laughs> yeah. uh, the digital realm. You know, yeah, kind we, of a different we, thing. Dude, absolutely. We still got a lot more to talk about in a future one. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to jump on and share my experiences and hope this information helps someone else that may be struggling or going through a hard situation. It does get better. Just continually apply yourself. That's my best piece of advice. If you need tips, tricks, secrets, shoot me a message. Let's talk. Yes. Love it. Cool. All right. So thank you guys who are on Instagram and Facebook right now and who have been watching this live. We're live every Thursday night. I appreciate you people taking any of your time and being a part of my time and uh, anyone commenting and shit like that. I appreciate that. And I will always 
shout out those comments or if you message me or anything like that, the door is open. So thank you guys. Mm-hmm.